All right, you guys have asked for it. In this episode, I am bringing the one and only momager Lisa Fasulo onto the podcast. Very fitting since we are recording it for Mother's Day today. We're going to talk about everything from our philosophies towards money, towards being known if you're born an entrepreneur or not, and every business my mom has ever run, every business I've ever run, what we've done together and what we've learned from each other. So I think this is going to be a really awesome episode for anyone looking for inspiration and especially for the moms out there. So let's dive into it. Hey guys, and welcome to the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. I'm Alex Fasulo, your host, six-figure freelance writer, serial entrepreneur, Fiverr Pro seller, and digital nomad. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about working for yourself online as a freelancer today. I've been freelancing for over six years, and I want to share what I've learned with you. All right, guys, I have a special treat for you today. By popular demand, I have my mother, momager, and business partner here in the studio with me. A quick background, my mom has been an entrepreneur her whole life. My earliest memories were of her painting clothing to sell at craft fairs while I was probably three years old. She has had, I don't even know, maybe 20 businesses since then. For, I think, 15 years, she had a tattooing business that turned into a tattoo school equipped with a TV show pilot and a book. So it's probably no coincidence that I have an inclination for wanting to teach and write books, too. Today, she runs a mobile trailer business called Campfire Trailers that we actually started together back in 2018. She also has a few passive income streams we're going to chat about. But I would say her full-time job is putting out the fires that can arise in both my sister and my life. We can talk about those too, maybe. Hi, Mom. Hi, Alex. It's also Mother's Day for everyone listening. I know this won't come out for a couple weeks, but it's perfect because it's Mother's Day morning right now. Okay, we're going to start off with, ready, Mom? Yeah. Did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Yes. I did always know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) I remember walking down the street with my best friend, Donna, and I made her put all her toys in a wagon, and we walked down the street, and I tried to sell her toys to people that were walking their dogs on the down the sidewalk. Notice they weren't my toys. They were her toys I was selling. <laughs> and That's it funny. just, it was a natural, so. Okay, so it was always in your blood. Yes. So far to date, what was your favorite business you've managed besides the one you currently do now? So it has to be leading up to Campfire Trailers. What was your favorite one and why? Oh, that's a good question because they were all my favorite while I was doing them. Mm. I get super obsessed with them while I'm in them. And then I do them so hard that I burn out and then I have to leave them and go do something else. But while Mm -hmm. I'm in them, they've all been a favorite. I suppose looking back, it would have been my longest running one, which was the hand-painted clothing. That was a lot of fun. Do you think you'll ever return back to that one? Do you ever see painting clothing again for you? No. No? No. I I really can't go back to any of them. Yeah. Because I hit them so hard (laughs) that when I'm done, I just, I don't even want to actually talk about them like to friends because yeah I have a lot of people that want to talk about my tattoo career since that's one that people find most unique and want to hear about and 
I don't even want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's how I am. These guys probably know they've been listening to me once a door's closed with stuff. You're like, oh, God, that was a lifetime ago. Do we have to talk about that? Because you hit it so hard. We don't do moderation in our family <laughs> is, is a realization we've all come to. And not just me and my mom, like my sister and my stepdad, some of my aunts. Like it, It's like moderation's not, not really a thing. That's true. <laughs> that is absolutely. I don't true. know. May- maybe that's a commonality for any natural entrepreneur to not do moderation. Of course, right? Of course, that might come with the territory. Because to succeed, you have to hit it so so yeah. so hard. You can't just be lukewarm in enthusiasm. You have to yeah. be so excited that you literally can't sleep at night. Yeah. So they're my best concepts. When they keep me awake at night, I just love that feeling. That's like a drug to me. Yeah, it is. I always say it's like the the best high you can feel more than, I don't know, other stuff. <laughs> I did a podcast on kind of how business can get you through grief and everything. And I think people should talk more about like the high that you can get through business so that they don't feel like they have to turn to pills and everything else. I feel like you hear about a runner's high, but I, I feel like we should coin the phrase like business high. And I think people. all successful business people would admit they have the same thing. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of Elon Musk's tweets yesterday where he said the new work demand for Twitter employees is going to be extreme, but not as extreme as he expects of himself. I'm like, if that doesn't sum up how entrepreneurs think, I don't know what does. Exactly. He's like the perfect example for when he went through those terrible dark years of Tesla that he talks about. Yeah. That he was sleeping on the floor of that factory for years, pretty much, to you know, right the wrongs. Everyone told him it couldn't be done. The assembly line couldn't be done. And he slept on that floor till he figured out a way to get it done. Yeah. So he was obsessed. I mean, obviously. I think that's it, though. That's always the secret people will ask me, and I don't know how to sugarcoat it. I think they want to hear it's easier than that, and it's sleeping on the floor of your factory. That's it. That's how you it's come never out easy. on top. Yeah. There is nothing easy about it, but it's... Something that people who are called to be their own boss wouldn't give up for anything. You guys, this is the stuff I heard when I was eating cereal before school when I was 12. My mom would be in the kitchen and she'd be like, if you apply yourself to be the best, you will be the best. (laughs) You know what I always think about this one story. So I had this unbelievably crazy student from, I want to say like Norway. And she was legitimately nuts. Wait, w- real quick. What student? What business oh, oh, is this? Oh, sorry. This is for my tattoo school. Okay. So every two weeks, I had six students come from around the world, fly in to Schenectady, New York, and they stayed with us for two weeks. I had a house for them, just for them. And I taught them how to tattoo in two weeks. So it's a very intensive training course, a lot of pressure on them and me and you know, it, that's a whole nother story. But anyway, so this girl comes who proved to be mentally unstable. I certainly had enough of them because some family members used to think of it as last chance for this unorthodox, you know, kind of unique person. They would send them to me to see what <laughs> I could do with them. So anyway, I had this very, very crazy girl. Scary, though. It mm-hmm. wasn't funny crazy. It was, I remember. It was scary. Yep. And I think what sums up 
how we see business or how I saw it and whatnot is I'd come home at night and complain about this girl and how scary it was. And you were really young, but you kept saying, Mom, you got to get rid of her. Mom, <laughs> really? Mom, you got to get rid of her. Mom, she's got to go. Like, like <laughs> all that. And I was like, Alex, this is what she paid for tuition. I'm not giving a refund. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, there's no refund happening here just because I can't stand her That's and so feel uneasy. That's so funny. Like, I was already, like, cheering you on business-wise. Like You're you already trying bad, to tell when me When you have what a to bad do. client, like, and I always say that these guys with freelancing and stuff... You know, if the client gives you signs that they're going to be a psychopath, like cut your losses and run, no amount of money is worth people ruining your life. So that's so but funny. But the only way you know that's that, so though, funny. is when people have ruined your life. Yeah, oh, totally. Like that, that's why I can give that advice now, because multiple clients have ruined my life exactly. or tried to sue me. That's a tale for another Yeah, time. you've had many people, since I've been close to your business, yeah. watching it all the way through, you've had plenty of it. Mine was just more extreme because the yeah. characters that came for tattoo school were more extreme. Eccentric. I remember her walking around in the horse ring in the backyard because we were on a farm. She came to the house towards the end and she was walking in circles around the horse arena. You were in the house kind of going like... And I remember saying like, Mom, she's got to go. Like, this looks like a zombie in the backyard. She looked like the walking dead walking around the horse arena in the backyard. I, re- I have a memory of that. And I mean, you were I freaking had a lot out of- in the kitchen. You yeah. were like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know what to, you know, you were, I remember you were freaking out. And I just looked in the backyard and it looked like a zombie just like slowly walking through the sand and I was like what the heck and I was like I am not sending her home because there's no refunds happening yeah oh my god it's so So, funny I was clear that I had to just muddle through somehow without anyone dying in the process oh my god okay fitting because I have a lot of moms who follow me so they always want me to get more moms on here so I have to ask you how did you manage being a mom and being an entrepreneur at the same time and being a good mom I will say, a good mom. You did both. I just knew that the business had to be in the house because I wasn't going to do daycare really no matter what it took. I'm pretty resourceful, so I knew I could figure it out. If it wasn't this job, it would be that job or this job. But something was going to happen out of the house so I could watch the kids. I think that's what's coming back now with the gig economy and freelancing is that all these moms they can do this stuff that i put on my social media and they can be home with their kids i mean that's amazing that's it obviously i didn't have that there was no such thing as the internet you know let alone remote working so you know yeah i remember you were more challenging yeah she was like the only one probably mom in our whole school our school wasn't big but i remember it was very unique that i had the mom that didn't go into the nine to five or the state job, or it was, you know, the nineties was like the peak of office world, I feel like. And it was unique that I, that you stayed home with us, but you made money. You weren't just, you know, you were making money out of your shop in our house. And I think watching that for my sister and I was everything. Watching you do that, I think is what made us, us. Cause you can, you can talk all you want. You know, it's like, we saw you doing it. I mean, I remember my mom, I, we would be out there. She'd be teaching us how to paint on the phone, like closing a deal with whatever at the same time and like putting food in the oven. I remember like my sister and I watched that our, our whole lives. And I think that's everything for kids to see. 
What about when the bus driver said, wow, your mom's really got to go? <laughs> Wait, which one? Oh, God. <laughs> I remember. Oh, God. Because it really was bumping in the house. Oh, once yeah. the tattoo shop flourished in the garage. <laughs> and I had people all oh, over yeah. all oh, the yeah. time. And Don, the bus driver, when he yeah, pulled up, Don. he was like, wow, your mom's really got yeah. it going on here. There were people all over. Oh, that was at the peak when we were like, thir- when I was like 13, 14, I get off the bus <laughs> There'd be like six cars in the driveway. And my mom was this like, I don't even know what I call you. You were like the queen to these people. You were like the de facto queen of like the misfit of all of upstate New York. Like everyone knew her. And I get off the bus and there'd be like 12 people. There'd be like music bumping. There'd be like two kids out back on our pony. I'd be like, hi. There'd be someone in the house like petting the cat. I don't even know who they are. I'm trying to do my homework. It was like a party. It was like Club Lisa. (laughs) It really was. I mean... I can't, yeah. Then the animal trades that were going on, like one day I come home here like, oh, we got a parrot because I traded a tattoo for a parrot. There's a parrot on the couch. The two Siamese cats, we, that's how I got my cat, you guys know, was a tattoo. Not even trade. I think these people knew how much she loved animals. So they'd show up like with the pet and then knew you couldn't say no. So I'd come home and there'd be, oh, we got a new... We had sugar gliders. Oh, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> there were sugar gliders in the bathtub. There were... That's true. Yeah, it was them. just like chaos, but it was fun. I mean, that's fun living life like that. Yep. Nothing was, was ever life. predictable, <laughs> ever. It was fun. And people all over town knew that my mom was like the tattoo person. Not to say that that wasn't without its judgment from some of the assholes in our poshy one town there. Especially the teachers. Some of my teachers had a lot to say about that to her and to me, which is super inappropriate. Well, never to me. It oh, was they never. You. It was always to me then. Yeah. 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 Some teachers made comments to me about it, you know, just implying that it's trashy and she's trashy and I'm not going to go anywhere because of it. That same teacher told me, I remember one year he sat me down with a couple other students and like was worried we weren't going to go far in life. I, you know, I was like, shut the fuck up. I wanted to say that to his face, but it so wasn't funny. without judgment. No, it wasn't. And that used to make me mad that they always made the assumption that I had no educational background. Because you tattooed. Yeah, that's yeah. what made me the angriest. So I've learned you you never know a person's actual background. No. Based on, you know, the what it looks like is never what it seems. They assumed I never went to college, which I did and had a degree and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But a lot of assumptions were made and... You know, I've learned over the years, you just can never assume anything. No. You don't know. You have no idea. No, and even better, today in 2022, you don't need the educational background anymore. It's like, I, I don't, I could care less. Like, with freelancing, these clients, they could care less, even if you did go to college. So it's like, I know, we came up in that time where, like, the bachelor's degree was the golden ticket. Like, that was marketed to us in our, my high school so hardcore, and I think, like, I always would have gone to college to get a degree because I love learning. Right. That's just and, me. But I was just going to say that. That's just me. I was going to say the only reason to go to college is not because you think you should. It's because you want to study a certain thing in greater yeah. detail than high school. Like, I studied art history. I never regret it for a day. Yeah. Did I, did I ever imagine making a living out of it? Never. I never got that far in my thinking. But I don't regret a day of learning art history. So it's sure. like if you have a deep desire to learn something, by all means go to college. But for your actual career, 
it's not necessary. No. Like all the careers I've had and I've made sizable money at most of them, none of them actually required anything I learned under my bachelor's degree studies. Right. None of it. None of it came from college education. So if I never went to college, it wouldn't have changed the outcome of my business. No. I just was lucky that I liked what I learned. That's all. Yeah. I think it's come out that people don't have to. If you don't want to, if you don't have the money, that doesn't stop you anymore. No. In fact, most of the most successful like tech Drop people out. today, none yeah. of them are college grads. No, I would say if I had kids right now, I'd send them to a 16-week coding boot camp. If they wanted well, to. Or the boot camp equivalent. Or I'd have them take online courses. Like, there's no right. need. And I, I, of course, would say, what do you, you know, pick the online course. You want to learn how to... It make- has to be what they have a yeah. desire to learn. Yeah. Whatever they're into. That's the secret to... Oh, yeah. I think six, raising successful kids is look and watch what they are always doing as their default. Mm-hmm. Like, you are always writing. Yeah. You know, you were doing Twitter when I barely knew what it was. <laughs> like, you were young doing that. And it wasn't yeah. hip to do it either. I no, knew, I like, think I was the only one in my grade who used it. Exactly. No yeah. one was doing Twitter. And I was watching you all the time. <laughs> we would be eating and you'd be doing it under the table. <laughs> and I, I could barely see. But once in a while, I'd be like, what are you doing? Are you doing something? And you were firing off tweets. Oh, my God. Really young, though. So yeah. I remember that. And I knew... I had a proclivity for it. Absolutely. Like, your social media writing, yeah, all that was obvious. Yeah, I mean, I tried to make social media career for myself multiple times before it actually happened. It ironically happened when I wasn't trying. Like, we, I tried to do social media management for a while, absolutely hated it. Then I tried to do the, like, travel blogger, you know, perfectly curated photos on the trips, which is so not me. So not me to be good with the perfection stuff. None of that took off, and it only ever took off once I gave up on it and started to just focus on writing instead. And then all of a sudden, there it was, which is also a funny thing you've taught me that we talk about, where if you put too much focus and like desperation on one thing it blocks it from happening which is basic like law of attraction stuff you have to you cannot have the desperation element no because that's a negative that's a killer emotion that's still negative energy your desperation is negative energy so you're blocking it because you're like it must work yeah Yeah. and people feel that at the other end yeah so if you're exuding any kind of anxiety or desperation your product goes nowhere but that was like I, I read entire books now on that topic, and you were just, like, telling us that haphazardly when we were young. Like, that that's, like, that's like law of attraction, like, 101 stuff right there. I now get why it is. Like, if you send out frustration, anger, desperation, it blocks yeah. the good thing from coming. So it's a, it's a negative, like, force field totally. of erratic, like... Anxious energy, basically. And I know my sister and I, my sister had designed a line of clothing and she had got started ahead of me, but I was doing my hand painted clothing, which incidentally I did for about 22 years. She and I discovered something quickly because we would be at different shows, whether they're wholesale shows, I was at retail craft shows. If we went there with the mentality that we have bills to pay this week and we need to sell these Mm -hmm. items... We knew that if we exuded that, not one customer would make a purchase. 
We wow. saw this over and over and over. So we learned that lesson really hard, mm -hmm. that no matter how much you need to make X amount that week to pay your bills, you have to change your look, yeah. your mindset, and your attitude so that customers see you as happy, it's great, mm -hmm. I'm killing it, I don't need this sale, but hey, glad you're here, and your stuff sells. So yeah. we learned that lesson really thoroughly through that. I think that's like one of the main things that keeps a lot of people down in their money when they, you know, so desperately want to be earning more is they're focusing on it like that instead of, and these guys hear me say this over and over again, you know, when you change your attitude, you were probably thinking about, I'm going to just enjoy today. I'm going to actually enjoy the smiles that this puts on people's face. Like I'm actually going to focus on creating and offering value and like in some way making a person's life better. And then like, boom, then the money comes. It yep. like releases, it like opens the dam kind of. The second it's not all about the actual money itself. Exactly. Yeah. Because chasing the dollar, we all know, it is a dead end road. Oh, yeah, but it's the, we know that, but it's so, that is like it's such a hard thing yeah. for people to wrap their heads around. And I always try and think of like new ways to phrase that. And I, that was actually going to be my next question for you, which we're kind of talking about right now. What is your philosophy towards money? So it's, it's simple. It's exactly like yours. Yeah. Like I've never, ever chased it. I never think of it. I don't even do the calculations when I'm launching a product. Like say, let's talk about a trailer business. Yeah. Okay, so this, I think, it really pretty much exemplifies how we do this. I fall in love with the concept. Okay, so I had had a couple doggy businesses that I hated, like actual just icky ones. Like I had a paint and sip, which was a nightmare. You know, you're really just a maid cleaning up and different things, a website design business, because I actually love making websites, but I've since learned I'm really just better making them for myself. But anyway, <laughs> so I had a couple dogs in there and kind of looking for our next thing. And you were away and I was on my computer and I happened to stumble across this really cool little retro camper mm -hmm. trailer bar. And I thought, oh my gosh, I could make that because we've had horses always for 30 years now. And I am familiar with horse trailers. You were away. You come home and go, Mom, I saw the coolest thing. Totally. I go, oh my gosh, Alex, that's so funny. I saw the same thing. I would love to make one of them. And then right away, I say to myself, I can't make one of them. I really hadn't used power tools or very much up to now. And it looked kind of daunting. Actually, super daunting to mm -hmm. most people, but only kind of daunting to me. And you encourage me, mm -hmm. as you always do. Mom, you can do it. Oh, Mom, you can do it. And I was like, <laughs> uh, she, Alex is a good salesman, by the way. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, I'm glad I didn't really know at the time what I was getting into. Sometimes yeah. ignorance is bliss with that. But anyway, that's coming up on like how we see money here. So I rallied a couple friends who did know power tools and they kind of guided me through the first one. And it was really scary, but the first one sold and it led to a very successful business today. So let's go talk about the money, though. I never sat there and tried to make calculations or projections mm -hmm. for this business. I really never do it that way. I see if I love it and obsess over it and dream about it. And if I do, I pursue it. And of course, the money comes. 
you know, but not to say I'm not careful with money. I make sure that everything I'm spending is going to come back to me plus profit. So, you know, I'm not, you know, dumb about it. I do my due diligence. I don't overspend. I do everything very lean and mean. I do most everything myself. Anything that I can do, I'm doing. I mm-hmm. don't hire out. I don't farm much out. If I can't do it myself, I need to figure out a different way to do it so I can do it myself. So it's usually pretty easy for me to turn a profit on things because my yeah my investment is always very low. But it's just, I'd say don't, I don't get hung up on money, nor do you, no. nor does Allegro. And instead, get hung up on how much you're passionate Yep. about the product and the money will come and you can work out finances later. Totally. That's like, so, okay, two things. So I, I want to write books on both of those topics, but one of them being, I've been like, you know, reading about all the like feminine, masculine energy, whatever in business. And what you just described is like actually such a feminine way to approach business. It's like based on passion, heart, no organization in a lot of ways, gut feeling, creativity, art, like that's actually like such a feminine way to approach business, which I do the exact same. And I feel like all these business books out there on the shelves for most of the time are written from doing business in a masculine way, which Mm -hmm. is write up your business plan and have everything all calculated out. There's nothing, if people like to do it that way, that's fine. It's not how I do business. It's not how you do business. And I want to write books about that because I feel like there's not enough books talking about how it's like okay to go do business like messily. Like you can be messy starting follow a business. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Passion. Follow your passion. And do it honestly. You know, we do have honestly, obviously yeah. check checkpoints here yeah. where everything oh, is course. done honestly, course, yeah. openly. There's certainly some spont- spontaneity in there where yeah. oh, the yeah. artist side, we're all artists in our family, that the artist side of us comes out. So we don't really like to follow a lot of rules <laughs> and want to be creative in what we're doing. We like to be unique and creative. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I followed her like lean business model. I want to write another book on this, which is how my business today is based on zero zero dollars put into advertising. Not I have not spent, I can say this honestly to you guys, like I have not spent a single cent on growing Alex Fasulo LLC or my Fiverr business. Not one cent of advertising dollars has gone into it. Learn that from you, because if you read any business book, any person's advice to you, it's always... You know, you got to have some skin in the game. That's always like the saying. Marketing budget. You always have to, you got to put some money in to get some money out. That's always what I read. And I always think that, you know what, that's BS. That's BS. I mean, I think it comes from a point where I don't like to lose anything. So since I don't want to lose, I'm going to set this business up from the start where I can't lose. So you really can't lose if you don't have a huge monetary investment into it. Right. And you can just enjoy the growth because it's all pretty much your profit is easy if you don't have a ton Mm -hmm. invested into it. And people will always say that, like, oh, so did you take a loan out for your schools? Yeah. I've never taken a loan in my life. You don't need to. I, I just say if you have to, there's something wrong in yeah. your business model. If you, I mean, and I, I guess I'm making some generalizations here. I, you know, obviously, if you're going to open a restaurant and whatnot, you, right, of right. course you need loans and all. But we never went for that type of business. No. So our little, the types of businesses we do, including Allegra's with online training and so on. Well, we're virtual, all this stuff. But I guess you're not virtual. Mine wasn't virtual, and I still did it. That's true. Yeah. So, 
I st- always steered myself away from high investment businesses because I was never going to take a loan out. And here's why. Not that I didn't assume I could pay that loan back. It wasn't that. I knew the minute I did that, all fun would be gone mm-hmm. from that business. Mm-hmm. And then you're in, you know, high pressure mode. Mm-hmm. And I was just reminded of this since, you know, for decades, we haven't done it that way. So our businesses have all been fun and easy. But I was watching Undercover Boss last week, and it was a husband and wife who opened a paint and sip. And I was just interested in watching it because having done that business for a short, I think less than a year, and it Mm -hmm. was horrible. But I watched the guy talk about that. And they had a huge, huge loan. And he said he can't sleep at night. He and his wife are fighting and how awful it is on their family. And I thought, buddy, that was your problem. Instead of buying into this franchise that now you're in so deep, you could have done that without a franchise. He could have opened his own. He and his wife. You know, but if you check it, like... You know, business textbooks, if you get a business degree in college, all this stuff, they all promote that. That's why people go and do it, because it's the dominant narrative. Like, it's the dominant story that people think when they think of business. Of course, you have to take the loan out. Of course, whatever. That's why I want to write books on this so bad, because I want to say, no, you don't. No, you don't. That is BS. And I again, like, I understand if you want to open a business, like, a Tesla-sized business, that's a different story. I'm not talking about international corporations right now small, like small I'm talking about you know and I always say to everyone on my stuff which I I don't know if people catch what I'm saying or not but I always say start with freelancing why because you don't have to put a single cent into it do it for years then if you have surplus money sitting around and you want to try out the startup that you never whatever do it then because it's your money that you didn't have to take out a loan for it so it's like Right now, like on this podcast, this podcast hasn't made me any money yet. Like, and and it, it actually cost me because I pay an audio editor to edit these. But because of my freelancing business, I have the extra money that I can do this now. And it's not stressing me out that it's costing me money because I can pay for it. So you can have so much fun, I think, if you get into something that's lean, like freelancing or whatever. Right. You put nothing into it. Oh my gosh, you're making 10K a month all of a sudden. Life is great. Two years from now, you got 50K sitting in your bank account. Then you can play around. You can launch the YouTube channel if you want. It's okay if it costs you a thousand bucks a month. You have the money for it. You don't have to take out a loan for it. And it's fun. You know, like you're yep. not having a panic attack because you, you're you good. You're in the, the green. You know, exactly. And I, your model with remote working, freelance working, online working, all digital, it's crazy mm-hmm. how you know, easy it is. Like, you don't literally have to pay anyone a penny to no, do any of it. No. But, I, like, I don't even understand that yet in a way. Because so used to... Because yeah. I'm so used to having to put some money in to get things started. But when I say some money, I'm talking often less than $100. My sweatshirt business, I started with $100. And here's what it looks like. I ended up doing really, really well with it, too, by the way. Like... I don't think I hit six figures, but back in the 80s, it was okay. You were still doing great in high five figures. That's Um, awesome. Yes, but how it began, just to give people an idea of what I'm talking about. I bought 10 sweatshirts that, let's see, would that have cost me $100? No, not even. 
Let's say I bought 20 sweatshirts. Where'd you get the plain sweatshirts from? Probably Champion. That was a store back then. Mm. Like a like discount that clothing, store. Like that clothing line? Yeah, but it was a discount store. Oh, okay. So I, I forget how many I bought, but I know I spent $100, which, you know, I started it in college. And then I bought, let's say, 20 sweatshirts. I did my first craft fair. I sold five sweatshirts. I made mm-hmm. an extra $100. Then I took that $100 and bought more sweatshirts and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And that's how that business grew really nicely with a $100 investment. Yeah. And my tattoo business was even funnier because that grew into, that was a high six-figure business. Mm-hmm. You know, because I ended up having them in California, a school in California and Florida and Washington and New York. That was even funnier because my husband, my he was my boyfriend at the time, traded tattoo needles for a tattoo starter kit. He traded yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So it was a trade. Really? We didn't even pay for anything. With his tattoo needle business and yeah, Rob, which I made him, which I started for him. <laughs> JR, what was it called? J- JR International. Oh my God, and, I okay, forgot about that. Funny, that's a whole nother story. Jeffrey. But funny sidebar, <laughs> I sold his business for him because he got tired of making tattoo yeah. needles. Because then he just became your kind of bouncer. Yeah. He became but security. It, but short story on that one. He was making tattoo needles, which was just soldering and kind of very tedious work. One day he looks at me and he tells me he's tired of doing it because I was bringing him so many orders. And I go, (laughs) okay, I'm going to sell it. And he goes, you can't sell this. Oh, Jeffrey. I'll tell you what. Mistake number one. (laughs) That is the last thing you do to me is dare me, okay? So needless to say, I sold it. I sold it for a tidy little sum. Oh, man. So he knows never do that to me again. I can sell. So funny. That was the first business I sold. I since sold two more after that for a total of three. But anyway, another story. So that business again turned into high six figures yearly, and it didn't cost anything to start. No, because I got a free tattoo kit. That's yeah. That's insane. <laughs> so that costs zero investment. No, I know. I mean, I I cannot think of a leaner business than getting started freelancing on a site like Fiverr or Upwork because you actually need not even a hundred bucks. You need nothing. Exactly. You need nothing. And it's all profit. I, I go on social media and I like scream that at people. Oh my God, that's when my story started going like viral 2018, 2019. And these idiot people who learn these terms and like economics in high school would write, well, what's the profit? You're not telling us what the losses are. And you're, what the, what are the fixed costs? And I'm like, I, I like that made me like want to jump out the window. Like, well, what well what what about that's profit? I'm just like all of it, literally like, all of it, all of it. You guys should see what I had to pay in taxes this year. Like, I don't have any freaking write offs or anything. That's why I'm like working on changing around my business and different things that I do. And you guys know, I'll obviously, tell you about all of it. But it's like. It is all profit. Like, what do you mean? There's what, no what, risk. What are the costs of that? I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's you have why zero, zero, zero risk. Zero. And they're like, what about the cost of a laptop? I'm like, if you're good to your laptop, it can last you 10 years. So I don't even count that. And you don't even need to do your own Wi-Fi. You go sit at freaking Starbucks. And technically. From 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., Starbucks has got you covered with exactly. great Wi-Fi. And wouldn't it be fair to say it would be insane, but technically you could even do it from your phone if you had to. You could do it from your phone. It and if you hard, really want to be lean, you can go to your public library right. and use their computer. Right. 
you can go for free. Like if you are on the streets right now, you can walk into the library and start this thing. Which good is point. why Very I start point. screaming about this to people because I'm like, I really good just point. don't think people realize how incredible of an opportunity it is that people f- through all of history would have died to have. Died to have an opportunity like that. You couldn't do that 100 years ago. Start a business with zero. I mean, yeah, maybe, okay, maybe you want to be the shoe shiner and you already had the rag or something. But like, you, the shoe shiner probably couldn't make $30,000 a month, which you can with freelancing. So that's why I just lose my mind screaming about this to yeah, people. No brainer. No brainer. Like, come on, guys. You don't need a franchise. You don't no. need a brick and mortar. No. And that used to be the biggest risk. Yeah. yeah. Taking out these real estate, these commercial spaces, which are now a disaster for people who own them. Right. Huge disaster. Okay. So wrapping this up here. Okay. So today's Mother's Day. We're going to have brunch after this. What are your tips for having been such a good mom and momager? So let's say, let's say a mom's listening to this right now who has kids. What are your tips to her to help her kids become excited with what they do for a living? I would say watch them and watch what they love to do on their own. Just observe them and encourage whatever it is that they are into. Remember, it can't be what you're into. It has to be what your kids are into. So if whatever your kid keeps doing, Mm -hmm. encourage him to do it better, more in-depth, further study, and maybe help give them ideas of how they can make a business out of what they enjoy doing. That's brilliant advice. I almost forgot because people want to know the most about this. Aside from campfire trailers right now, my mom is jumping on the passive income train online, partially because I've been preaching it to everyone for so long and won't shut up about it. So my mom has a few things that she's got going right now. But let's talk about one of the one of the products you're selling. I call them knowledge products. So she's kind of bottled up her unique knowledge and experience on a topic like refurbishing horse trailers. And she's selling a product for it on her website. So tell them about, real quick, what that is that you're selling. Yeah, it's really neat. And definitely, I credit you for that. (laughs) Because I think all of us take for granted the knowledge that every single human has. Everybody knows something about something. Totally. Whether it's training your dog, or whether it's getting your kids to eat a certain food, or it doesn't matter. Everyone knows something that other people would like to learn. Totally. And I definitely credit you with encouraging passive income. Because my family, all my siblings and I, just always are grinding it out. Trading time for money. Yeah, all the time. Like, we don't think in terms of passive income because that's just not how we were raised or our generation didn't do it, I think is... Probably it, because I don't know many people my age who are chasing the passive income. So I know you guys know what that is, where it's you create, I call it fix it and forget it, where you make something Mm. once and then it can just bring you money in residually, whether it's through royalties or licensing or whatever it is. But you don't have to make that product or do that service every single time. So I got encouraged to write a short book about, you know, basic trailer refurbishing. I don't even go into great detail. It's more just a broad stroke Mm -hmm. book. It only took me probably five days to write. 
So I didn't agonize over anything. It's just a simple, you know, handbook to get people started. And I threw it out there and it's selling really well. I sell some every day, not tons, but I'm really just getting started with this. Mm-hmm. So I do sell a few every day. So it's $9 each. Yep, $8.99 on Amazon. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing more fun than waking up and checking your sales every morning. And, you know, at night, the the numbers will change and Amazon shows you exactly, you know, the sales change throughout the day. And it's a lot of fun to track. And I think there's a huge potential there because as you reminded me, and something so simple that I would never have thought of is... Just imagine if you had a hundred of those books. Exactly. So I tend to like make one thing and then think I'm done. And I realize, no, I'm not done. That's the beginning. Because even if you don't have a huge bestseller on Amazon, because obviously it's a very competitive market. It's the biggest bookseller Mm -hmm. in the world. If you have several that even garner you two, three sales a day, that's really going to add up to actual money, like real money. That's it. And and you're done. And you're done. You don't do anything to get that money every day. No. And so I was like, okay, this is just the beginning. And I need to do now book two to, you know, add another yeah. element of maybe how to market those trailers or whatever. It's like you I, all know something that can be does. put down into a Word doc and thrown out there. Yep. And it doesn't have to be some big old 200-page book. No. Oh, my God, no. And if you're not a good writer, people on Fiverr for 40 bucks will proofread and edit the thing for you. So don't even feel self-conscious about your writing. Only thing is, you do have to be the one to write it, because I notice people try and outsource that part of it, too. And if it's your unique experience, you do need to write the thing. But it could be in the world's most broken English. Someone on Fiverr, it's their job to clean it up and make it nice for you for, again... 40 bucks, okay? So it's like that's that would be all that you would put into this. Yeah. One bonus tip, and I can maybe help you with this, is so you're selling it through Amazon right now, not directly through your website? Correct. So Amazon takes a big cut. They do. So I sell my ebook. If you guys have bought it, you've noticed this. I sell it directly through my website. So when someone buys it, a PayPal receipt with the PDF attached is sent to them, and I keep 100% of that five bucks. So we talk about that for you because yeah. you're losing half a year's to Amazon right now. Well, more. They take more. They take like 60%, don't they? But they print a beautiful physical copy. So what so if, we'll talk about this. What if we do the yes, ebook the for physical. less money too, maybe, or something? I we, mean, mine is a lot of photos and all. So there are people that are always going to want the physical book. Yeah. But I'm not saying, you know, it'd be smart to do it. Yeah, digital. guys, if you have the ability, look into that. By the way, if you use PayPal on your website, you, you can have an email with a PDF book sent out automatically to whoever buys it from your website. Sometimes it might take an hour to get to the person and then you get to keep 100% of it because Amazon does take a big cut, but that's my little bonus tip. Either way, just get started. Even getting it you know, onto Amazon is still a game changer because that's still money. And guess what? It's free. It's free, yeah. To, it's to like host Amazon will print this gorgeous book. Yeah, which amazed me every time I see my things in print, it cost me nothing. Yep. That's that's nothing. Cost me nothing to print those books. That's it. We'll wrap it up there. I mean, I don't know, you know, the economy, the nature of jobs, consumerism, it all changes so fast. Who knows if this is how it's going to be 10 years from now? We all have no idea. So while it's like this right now, while the money is just sitting there online, 
you know, go, it, this is your inspo, go grab it and not to throw you under the bus. But I always say, if even my mom is doing it, you know, this isn't just something for the millennials. Like my mom's, you're a boomer, right? Baby boomer mm-hmm. towards the tail end of it. Like anyone at any age can do this. So here's your, if you were saying, oh, Alex is only doing it because she's 29. Well, here you go. Not, not true. And I've done it myself. You yeah. Didn't oh, do she it did. For me. No, she did it all herself. I do all this myself. Yeah. yeah. Yep, and then that's it. Okay, well, thanks, Mom, for coming on. This was good. I I, I will tell you, I've had so many moms, I think your age, have been begging for this. They're like, when are you going to have your mom on? Like, They're like, we know you're cool and stuff, but we want to know who made you. That's what they always say. Like, who the heck made you? Oh, so funny. So there it is. She made me. If you guys always say, if you guys like this episode, if you like Momager, Shoot me an email. Let me know. We can do more episodes like this. You guys always know it's contact at alexfasulo.com. That's alexfasulo.com is where all my other stuff is as well. I will link to all of that in the show notes. And we will also link to my mom's book so you guys can check out what that looks like and what she's selling. Now, do you hear the cat? I do. Oh, my God. That's the cat. So I guess it's time to go. The cat's throwing a fit. All right. Thanks, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. (laughs) 